after a demoralizing loss to West Virginia in Morgantown again. Where do the Bears go from here? This is Locked On Baylor. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Baylor. I'm Drake Toll from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. If you haven't already, go ahead and click subscribe on the YouTube channel, the YouTube channel whether you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you come from, click subscribe on YouTube. We get to 1,000. Things go really well. Um, speaking of things going really well, things went really well offensively for Baylor on Thursday. Not so much defensively. We're going to get into a lot of that. But first, I kind of want to peel back the curtain a little bit and, and be honest with you guys. First and foremost, I, I don't want to sound when I come on these podcasts like I am I'm trying to talk down or speak down on Baylor, Baylor fans or the team in general. I would consider myself to be a pretty critical person. I'll tell you why I am. I have the biggest pet peeve when it comes to sports media members or those of us who cover teams, talk about teams, just being so infatuated with a person, with a program, with something that they're blinded to what's true, what's on the field, the product that's out there. I, I cannot stand when hosts of podcasts or radio shows or writers will go and coddle teams that are getting their teeth kicked in week in and week out. I'm not even saying that Baylor is, but I want to be as real as possible with you. Now, sometimes that may sound cynical, but I, I am a senior at Baylor right now. This is my last campaign, my last rodeo to go to Baylor football games and feel the luster of being a student on campus. This is as connected as I will be to Baylor and student life for the rest of my life. So I want nothing more than Baylor to win these football games. And I'm trying to be as level-headed as possible when they don't, but I don't want to feed you a bunch of, hey, everything is great. The sky's blue, the grass is green. These guys, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is right there. I don't want to be that. But I don't want to be overly critical, too, because I become the cynical person that's upset that Baylor's bad on my senior year during my senior year of college. So merging those two is where I pick up with West Virginia and what Baylor looks like the rest of this stretch. I have so much confidence in Jeff Grimes and the offense, Eric Mateos and the offense. I, I did from the jump. This was never a show, unlike some and many on Twitter who have gone out there and said it, that ridiculed Jeff Grimes uh, to, a, to a T. There was the play. It is literally like the play that sticks out to me this season where Baylor gets a safety against Oklahoma State by pitching the ball into the end zone, and, and I, I still think that's boneheaded. There are plays to call out, but this is certainly not the fault, what's happening right now, of Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos and the offense Instead, I turn squarely to the defense. The defense against Oklahoma State, you know, Blake Shaven threw for 345 yards in a home game against Oklahoma State, and Baylor lost. Against West Virginia, Blake Shaven in the first half had 300, well, before he went out, had 326 yards, almost 300 yards in the first half alone, with two touchdowns on 14 for 22. Kyron Jones comes in, goes 7 for 14, not pristine, but still throws 95 yards. Seven yards of completion, decent enough, a touchdown and an interception. The interception effectively nullified because JT Daniels gave it right back to Baylor afterwards. Baylor finished... A combined 421 passing yards and three touchdowns on Saturday. 169 rushing yards is decent enough to win you a football game, especially when your passing game is that solid. So then how 
does Baylor lose in Morgantown again? I, I want you to think back to the Big 12 championship game last season and and how also today's episode is titled, like, is there hope for Baylor? Uh, so I'm sorry I'm starting with, like, so many hopeless points here. Last year's Big 12 title game, what happens to Gary Bohan? Well, he goes out a couple weeks before. He, he's not ready to go for the Big 12 title. Blake Shapin's got to start it. What does the defense do? They step up big time, understanding that a backup quarterback is your new starter. So they reach a different level to help carry the team to a Big 12 title win. What's more, Blake Shapin gets hurt in that game. When he gets hurt, his shoulder's so bummed that he can't play in the in the Sugar Bowl eventually come a month later. So obviously it wasn't the best idea to have him out there. The defense had to do what they had to step up. Who won the Big 12 championship game for Baylor? It was their defense. So everybody in America goes on this whole entire, there's from Josh Pate to the folks at ESPN and 24-7 and Sports Illustrated going on this tour of how much they love Dave Aranda and Dave Aranda's defensive scheme. Coming into this season, what do we talk about all offseason? Blake Shapin, probably going to be a solid quarterback. The offensive line is going to be really good. The receivers might not be great. The running back room has a ton of question marks. But what doesn't have question marks? Baylor's defense. And what was it on Saturday that gave away this game it's still Baylor's defense, squarely Baylor's defense. Someone commented and said, "What's it looks like Phil Steele is back. What, what is going on with this team? It looks like Phil Bennett is back. It looks like like they started naming of these atrocious coaches from Baylor's past. Not atrocious people, but coaches that were just hoof. And I, I, I am puzzled because Baylor has, listen to this list of names. Listen to this list of names. Dylan Doyle. Mark Milton, Devin Lemire, Christian Morgan, Al Walcott, Gabe Hall, Devin Neal, Bryson Jackson, TJ Franklin, uh, Matt Jones, Siaki Ika, Will Williams, Garmin Randolph, Cole Maxwell, Snacks Johnson, Jackie Marshall, Jackson Player, Brooks Miller, Tyrone Brown. I mean, there are a ton of the like the the cast of characters there is 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 wild, and the supporting cast is wild as well. That list of names that I just fed to you allowed 40 points against West Virginia. And when it mattered most in the second half, couldn't get a stop to save their lives to win a football game. I don't want to sound overly critical, but where is the disconnect? What is it when you have that list of names, that amount of guys who are, you have your old leaders, you have your Jackson player who may not have been in the program, still a guy who is a senior laden vet. You have Siaki Ika, who has been in the program as an older guy. You have your oh my dude, Garmin Randolph has been here so long. Gabe Hall's been here so long. Christian Morgan is a senior leader. Not to mention, and I haven't even gotten yet to Jackson Player, who's been here for for I. What's going on? Did I did I say Dylan Doyle? By the way, did I say Matt Jones? Like, what's going on? Davis talked about issues in the locker room. If that's your list of names and there are no leaders to step up and take control of the locker room, what hope is there? This. That list of names is your hope. That may not make a lot of sense, and I'm trying to convince myself a little bit here too, but that list of names is the reason that Baylor still has an opportunity to win every game they play in the rest of this year. There are so many guys that have elite potential in this defense to step up and be the next Terrell Bernard, the next Jalen Petrie. Heck, I love Al Walcott. 
Dylan Doyle has stepped up and been solid the last few weeks, especially. Matt Jones. What more can you get out of Matt Jones? Or Siaki Ika, Gabe Hall. Where are you? Where can you start getting sacks? Those guys are still there. A lot of them, granted, a little dinged up, mostly healthy. They're still in the program, and you still have the opportunity for those guys to step up. Now, who are they stepping up against? That's what I want to take a look at. You want hope. You got the guys to do it. What do they go up against the next couple of weeks, and how can they put together some wins? And what really is the best-case scenario for this team? But first, I got to tell everybody at home about Simply Safe. Real quick, Simply Safe is the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. Simply Safe, they protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. And I love it because it helps me now feel like my car is not going to get broken into any longer. 24 7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe agents will call you the moment there's a threat. They'll call first responders as well. HD security cameras so you can see the folks that are, are trying to breach your home and even hazard sensors that they detect fires, floods, other threats to your home as well. So right now, Simply Safe customize the perfect system for your home by going to simplysafe.com forward slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan. Give us your first month free. That'll give you your first month free. Simplysafe.com forward slash locked on college to learn more. There is no safe like Simply Safe. All right, the defense, I listed off that list of listed off that list of names of guys. Baylor's offense is mm, certainly not bad either. I don't know if you guys saw Gavin Holmes had a historic day on Thursday night against West Virginia. Blake Shapin played really well before going out. If Shapin stays in the game, I made the comment on Twitter that a lot of people got very upset with, by the way, that if Blake Shapin if Blake Shapin stays healthy, nothing really changes, that his injury didn't lose Baylor the game. I stand by that for the most part. I understand where there's pushback there, but I'm very confident in Blake Shapin. Or if you end up getting, at least for this week, a backup quarterback in Kyron Drones, I'm confident in him. He looked fairly solid until you put him in the two-minute drill, which is just tough for anybody to do, much less a guy who has very little to no elite playing time. And I love how Hal Presley stepped up. Monterey Baldwin, so solid. Richard Reese, obviously. Squirrel Williams banged up again. But if you get him back, please, at some point in his career healthy, then he's a threat. Quaylon Jones as well. The offense has the tools. The defense has the big names. If it all comes together, you get Kansas this week. Oh, you want good news? Baylor's next football game is against Kansas. Yes, that is not like old Kansas, not even old, like last year Kansas. This is a much better Kansas team. Being at quarterback is someone that I love to watch play football. They gave Oklahoma a late run, a little backdoor cover. by There were 11-ish point dogs in that game against OU on Saturday, and they found a way to at least make things vaguely interesting in the end because I think Kansas's offense is elite. So now is your big test for your defense to step up. But their, their defense, Kansas's defense is bad. I mean, they are bad. One of, if not the worst in the Big 12. And the Bears have an opportunity to exploit that this week. If they were coming off of a loss to West Virginia on the road, going to Austin this week, to Fort Worth this week, even to Lubbock this week, I would be, we're packing our bags. I already told you that I was packing it up if we lost to West Virginia, but I'm not now. I'm unpacking it because there's got to be, got to have faith. George Michaels, uh, Brett Michaels, something like that. Got to have faith. So the Kansas spot couldn't come at a better time. After that, Baylor goes to Texas Tech. I I know that game might scare you because it scares me. I would hope that game scares you because Joey McGuire and his Tech guys are going to be ready to go. But the good news is of the six games remaining for Baylor, 
of the six games, I, I am of the, the, the belief that the easiest two are the next two, which is the best spot to be in when you've now fallen to three and three and need some kind of pick-me-up. You get an 11 a.m. home game against Kansas. Then you got Texas Tech. You go on the road to Texas Tech where you haven't won in like 30 years because they played the game in Arlington for so long. But that that is a very winnable game. If Baylor was playing UT and Austin this weekend, I would say it's not a winnable game. This is it. Gloom and doom. It's over. However, they're not. They get Kansas, which they are 10-point favorites. They go on the road against Tech. And I think if Baylor beats Kansas, they're probably either in a pick or a one-point favorite against Texas Tech. And, and again, I did say if Baylor beats Kansas because Kansas could win this game. However, I like Baylor in this spot because it's still Kansas. Their defense sucks. Their offense, really good. They're going to get their 30, 31 points this weekend. Baylor's offense, though, is going to get their 45. That's going to be a huge boost to the offense. The defense can start trying to get things going. Then Texas Tech, the next week, is an offense that's really not that great. Past that, you get Oklahoma. So here, here's an even wilder uh, mention. Of the next six games, the, the three easiest come in succession with Kansas, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma. You get OU on the road. It's an OU offense, Dylan Gabriel. Uh, similar to Kansas, I don't think Baylor can stop Oklahoma's offense. I don't. Dylan Gabriel, as good as he looked last week and as good as he's looked since he's healthy, Oklahoma's going to be tough to deal with. But their defense, when I told you Kansas has the worst defense in the Big 12, the only team that's possibly worse is Oklahoma. The idea, they're they're asking the same questions too. A lot of Baylor fans are going, wow, we have Dave Aranda. He's like the defensive guru. How, How is our defense bad? Brent Venables has been this like mastermind of defense at Clemson for forever, comes to Oklahoma, and they have a historically bad defense, historically bad team. They knock off Kansas last week. Their defense looked uh, just abysmal. So now Baylor is able to face Kansas, bad defense. Texas Tech, bad offense. Oklahoma, bad defense. There's your opportunity to win three straight. If Baylor wins the next three, if the Bears are six and three, teetering on the idea of being ranked again the season flips and they've been there before where Baylor starts out was it four and three in 2012 maybe four and three in 2011 one of those seasons and Baylor goes on to to start win a bowl game at least and now fans are questioning can Baylor make a bowl game well they're going to they're going to beat Kansas they're going to beat Texas Tech they're going to beat Oklahoma what do you want when you're on a six and three tear? Certainly not, I think, the toughest team left in the Big 12 in Kansas State. Baylor's already played Oklahoma State, who I think is really good. You get Kansas State, but you get them at home. An opportunity, hopefully, for a night game if Baylor's able to beat Kansas State. And now, look, I am insane. I know. I know this is insane. It, right. The odds that Baylor's able to win the next six games are astronomical. So I'm gonna, I can start myself at Kansas State, but I'm just giving you the facts here. It's a home game against Kansas State a home game against TCU, and then a road game against Texas. Out of the next six games, I think Baylor going 4-2 and two is quite reasonable. That's that's seven wins, which at this point in the juncture seems pretty solid. If you win five of those, you're at 8-4, and four, and it's a pretty admirable 8-4. and four. If you win all six, TCU, oh, guys, I hate to say it. I, I, you, I hope – that I'd be able to drive one point home on the show of the course of the last few weeks home, just one point home that I really don't like TCU. That I I just I can't stand TCU. But them winning the game against Oklahoma State was big because Baylor desperately now needs Oklahoma State to have three losses in conference play. 
Um, and Baylor needs to beat TCU. So any team that Baylor, Baylor would love for West Virginia to win as many games as possible, just they start shaking some stuff up, Iowa State to upset a Texas or, or things like that. Baylor needs somebody else to have two losses, like a TCU or a Texas, and Baylor beat that team. The wind, the, the door is still there. I, I know that sounds insane, but think about it like this. Baylor right now, this season, is one and two. The non-conference does not matter. One and two is not great, but seven and two could at least, it's, it's got you on the doorstep because it did last season, exactly what it did. Instead of losing to Oklahoma State and then a, a trash team late in the year, Baylor did the opposite this year. They lost to Oklahoma State quick and they lost a trash team the next game. So now you got to go on your six game win streak or your season it, it ends in 13 games and a Cheez-It Bowl, which no one, I don't want to see the Cheez-It Bowl. Baylor in it against Florida State. <laughs> kind of fun, actually. But no, instead, hold on to your Big 12 title aspirations because they're still there. You're on the doorstep of that. Temper them, obviously, but the names are there defensively. The guys are there. The horses are there, and they're running offensively right now. There is an opportunity for optimism. Now, don't be blind with it. Don't like use this responsibly. Don't go insane, but anything can happen. Anything can happen. I'll be your resident optimist today. I'll also tell you about betonline.net. Betonline.net is where the game starts. Number one source for football betting info this season. I uh, lost money on college football this season. Not this season, this weekend. Sometimes I win, sometimes I lose. Sometimes you laugh, sometimes you cry. That's why you don't bet a lot. I try not to bet a lot, so I don't lose a lot. Uh, NFL, too. I usually do a lot better on the NFL. The NFL is a little bit easier to me. Um, so college football, NFL, all that jazz. Uh, default audio. I just realized I'm recording the audio for this video on my computer, so it doesn't sound anything like my microphone, but that's fine. <laughs> Hope you guys liked it. Um, yeah, bet online, though. It's where the game starts. Check it out. And let's hear from Dave Rand. Yeah, it's good to see you guys. Um, you know, I guess first of all, just a great job by West Virginia and Coach uh, Coach Brown. You know, their their fight and their execution um, really showed up tonight. You know, I thought I thought to start the game, we we came ready to play. I'm just I'm disappointed and. Um, um, I think we're all frustrated with just our execution. Really at critical points, I thought. Um, you know, there was a lot of good things. We, we could not make that next play. We could, you know, whether it was uh, we're up and we got to make a play to stop a drive, to kind of halt a momentum, uh, emerging momentum. We never could, we never could do that. Um, and there's a whole bunch of reasons for that, um, whether it was uh, you know, uh, alignment or assignment. And so a fair amount to clean up there. And then, you know, I think the other piece that plays with it is we're still fighting the battle in special teams for improvement and for consistency and to really have that as a weapon for us. And so, you know, that, that obviously showed up tonight as well. But in all of it, in all of the, the, the punches, uh, that we took, some of which were self-inflicted. I thought that uh, guys continue to fight, so proud for the, proud of that, and something to build off of. Take any questions you guys got. Maybe any update on Blake? No, um, both Blake and Squirrel uh, went out with head injuries, 
And so um, I think they'll get looked at tomorrow, and we should have an idea then. Hey, Doug, do you feel like Kyron came in and handled things in that situation? I thought um, there was a calmness with him, and there was a um, um, I thought there was a strong presence with him in the pocket when he was able to kind of rear back and throw it. And uh, I thought the, the offense really took to him. And so that was really good to see. I think, you know, that last, um, that last uh, two-minute drive kind of colors, um, you know, the opposite view. They were, they were working their flush rush, and that was, um, that was affecting us. But I think prior to that, I thought he was able to stick his foot in the ground and and really really hammer some balls in with some really impressive throws and so there's a lot to um, to um, to build off of with his throw game. Impressed with him. Hey, what, what do you feel like it's going to take take kind of turn things around here? I think the I think we've got to t we've got to continue to teach everything. You know, I think tonight. And it's, it's, this is hard to say after a loss, but I thought we showed up wanting to be there. I thought we showed up wanting to, wanting to fight. You could feel that in the locker room, you could feel it on the sidelines, that guys wanted to be there, they wanted to fight. And, um, you know, we had to really teach that. And there's, um, there's, there's a whole bunch into that. Um, we have to teach. I have to do a better job of teaching how to finish and how to close close out uh, drives, finish finish drives on offense. Um, you know, we're missing the complimentary, complimentary football part. Where uh, if an offense gets something going, you know, defense shuts it down. Offense adds on even more. Right now, we're trading one score for another score. Really, two weeks in a row, and so we have to. Uh, we have to really finish that next play, that next drive. That's what's missing. David, you look like a lot of missed tackles on defense. Was that, I mean, you haven't had that issue really a lot. Yeah, I think, you know, secondary-wise, um, our MO has been to play uh, real thick alignments up front and two-gap, and then uh, with our back end, really kind of bracket receivers and double receivers, and we were doing that tonight, and I think or, I, you know, I, um, they were completing passes into that, which a lot of folks up to this point have not. And so into the teeth of the coverage, they were completing things. And so there's a whole lot in terms of just why that was occurring, whether it was um, misalignments and technique um, and or lack of rush. But then once that started to happen, then guys started to push and stress and try to do too much, and then that affected the run game. And so, um, you know, I think that um, it starts with, you know, if we're in a pass coverage and they're throwing a route into coverage, right, we have to execute so that doesn't happen. And then I think the other piece goes once the, once the run game kind of starts to go, right, um, you know, having everybody trust in doing their job so that guys to the right and left of them can, can do theirs. That that was uh, wilted away tonight. Coach, did you feel like you got everything out of that bye week that you were hoping to get, or were there some areas that were lacking? 
Well, you, you would love to have a win coming off of a bye, but I thought there was a lot of truth that was spoken, I feel, and there was a lot of, um, um, there was a, a lot of work putting on, putting into fundamentals, you know, and things that, um, you know, you'd like to say would equate to a win, and it's awfully unfortunate that it didn't, but um, it really shows that there's much more work to do. And so I think for us to approach it from a teacher's perspective and um, really um, you know, meet guys where they're at and get them, to, um, get them to be at their best in a real kind of tough and critical time is uh, everything right now. And so we're all about it. That was Dave Aranda, the post-game press conference on Saturday. Um, tough, man. You know, losing that game like that is tough. But... You have an opportunity, hopefully, to respond against Kansas this week. That's me most content on this show this week. Um, hearing Dave sad is just tough. But Baylor's right there with a chance to at least right the ship against the Jayhawks. Ten-point favorites. Uh, come back tomorrow. We're going to be talking basketball this week, too, because, you know, basketball season is a thing. Uh, and starts pretty soon. Baylor number one team in the Big 12 preseason. This has been Always Will Be Locked on Baylor. <laughs>